0: Pulp MX Network Production.
1: EVS Sports brings you a cheeky Brit and an American YouTube racing sensation weekly on the LVK More Than Moto Podcast. Here's your hosts, Lewis Phillips and Kellen Brower. Yeah, welcome everyone into episode number five of the LVK More Than Moto Podcast brought to you by EVS Sports. Kellen Brower from RacerX, Lewis Phillips from VitalMX back at it again. Uh, I was not in Detroit, Lewis was, so we're going to rehash just a couple quick topics from that. And uh, yeah, then we'll just kind of get into some other stuff that Lewis has on the top of his brain today because he's very, very keen to talk about some stuff. Aren't you, Lewis?
0: Can we just discuss the fact that, like, I'm sat in like a safari. <laughs> the
1: right dogs, now. the dogs, immediately jumped on you as soon as like, we started what, what the you, show. Like,
0: uh, like, is this normal uh, is for this a podcast? Uh, or yeah, you this know, is not the, the professional. Uh, <laughs> this is not the type of professional setting that I demand. Apologies. Just hey come and sit in the middle of this safari
1: i mean i figured you're we're not you... even
0: gonna bat an eyelid look in the you know household. This, is,
1: this is part of the steve mathis podcast network and steve mathis has dogs in his podcast I ne- I, it's just no, the reality
0: never seen, i barely could see my face i just had animals all
1: over me <laughs> anyway um how was detroit i didn't go so how no, was it all right
0: bit boring
1: oh yeah a bit boring it
0: wasn't a, it was well jet led, jet led every lap faulkner led every lap so that's never
1: you don't great, watch any other it? battles though like through I, the I pack. I barely
0: watch any of them, to be honest. Barely? Just sit on my phone.
1: Oh, okay. Scroll TikTok. What about like, uh, you know, like Eli Tomac going backwards that didn't like, well, whoa, that, what's yes, happening? What's going on? Obviously, that
0: has dominated yeah. headlines. Yeah. Um, that and Macadoo have dominated headlines. <laughs> how
1: much, how much uh, in the 250 main event when the first turn crash happened were you watching, oh, what's happening at the front of the pack versus what the heck is going on with everyone picking it up in the first corner?
0: No, I was just watching the front because Hymas, Anstey, and Faulkner were actually really close, but they were that annoying distance where... They were really close, but not close enough for anything yeah. to happen. So it was kind of boring, but like you kind of felt like there was the potential for action. Um there wasn't really. But. was
1: was it easy to track though? Uh like McAdoo and Deegan's progress forward? Uh, to of? be
0: honest, I kind of didn't pay that much attention oh, okay. to Deegan because after after it was obvious he couldn't couldn't ride to his potential, I was like, Well he's not gonna like yeah. he'll get what he'll get.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough. Um All right, let's get into our topics here today. As always, it's going to be a uh, seven minute debate with these topics. Before we do, real quick, want to thank EVS Sports. Over the past 39 years, EVS Sports has established themselves as a leader in innovation and technology when it comes to designing protection gear for today's motocross riders. Athletes like RJ Hampshire, Kyle Chisholm, Freddie Norton, Axel Hodges, And Travis Pastrana all wear EVS when they race, ride, or whatever Travis decides to do that day. Check out EVS-Sports.com to gear up like the pros and use the code LVK30 to save on anything from knee protection to shoulder braces. I also want to thank Nomura for presenting this show, the leading provider of engine components for motocross, ATV, UTV, and personal watercraft for over two decades. Nomura has been the preferred choice for premium and dependable engine components for more than 20 years. Whether you're restoring your vintage bike, rebuilding your four-wheeler, or upgrading your new 450 race motor, Nomura has you covered. Our extensive line of cast and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, engine valves, and soon cylinder kits that enhance your engine's performance. Keep an eye out for our new and innovative products in 2024 and beyond. Stay up to date by following us on Instagram at Namura underscore technologies. And of course, Racetech, also presenting the show for 40 years, Racetech has been supplying the motorcycle industry with high-quality suspension components made right here in the USA. For modern and vintage, Racetech is your go-to source for suspension performance. As always, they're also bring us our fan topic later on, which I forgot to send a tweet out on that, but uh, we got some topics from last week that we can uh, rehash a little bit, and I think that'll be kind of good to go over. Uh, so let's get into our first topic, Lewis, and it, it uh, has to do with the Detroit Supercross on the weekend. It has to do with the first turn crash, but it doesn't have to do with what everyone else is talking about, which is Cameron McAdoo and his situation. Uh, it has to do with the fact that there were still a lot of riders down in the first corner as the field kind of came through on the second lap and the yellow flags are waving. They're trying to get people out of the way. Uh, Evan Ferry was the only one receiving medical attention, but he was off track. It was McAdoo, Hamaker, and Vial picking up their bikes on the track. And people are like, why was that not red flagged? Like, what's going on here? Shouldn't they have red flagged it? Um, from your perspective, what do you think?
0: Have we ever had a red flag that hasn't involved medical attention?
1: I'm trying to remember, but I feel like there has been times where a a, a lot of people are down and it's like blocking the track.
0: But I would guess, yeah. So, oh, we-
1: actually, you know what? One that I can think of, uh, I don't think it had medical attention. There was a year, maybe the the COVID year. There was a year where the start doubled back onto yeah, that, yeah. and there was like riders still down in the first corner. Yeah. And so they like immediately were like, No, 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 there's guys picking up their bikes, red flag is out. But
0: that makes sense because it's so you're going back across for first corner or whatever yeah. so quickly that there's no sense of um there's so no sense of like stability with the pack. People are going everywhere. Yeah. Whereas like in this instance, um, it was the first lap, but everyone was as spread out as they could be. Yeah, It was a slow section. Um, you could see, you could, like, prepare the riders to slow down far in advance. It's not like they were behind a jump or in a blind position. Um, so I, I, I'd be lying if I said that I never considered it being a red flag. But in hindsight, there was no way it should have been a red flag.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, when you saw them coming around... Uh, you know, in that first turn and you saw Forkner kind of like slow down and dive out of the way, and no one really knew like inside outside, the flagging wasn't really directing them any direction, it just was a pile up. Um w- was your initial reaction like ooh, yeah. that's kind of bad, or was it like, oh no, they can figure this out?
0: Yeah, no, my initial reaction as they were coming around was like, Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. But again, in hindsight, there was room on the outside. There was room on the inside. Yeah. Um it was very it was abundantly clear that every single rider was healthy so there was no concern from that point of view there was no one in the track who didn't have a helmet on and the appropriate protective attire mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah Their i mean game. I,
1: I agree i like I, it's a medical situation uh that red flags are often brought out by as you uh, yeah, if the medic to, because has- if the medics on the track you want to, it's safety at that point you just don't want a medic to be hit by yeah. Racing basically. Or
0: this rider seems to be in a very, very bad way. We just have to get there. Yeah. Against all odds.
1: Well well, and then sometimes the rider's in a bad way and if the racing continues, there's no good way to get them off of the track. Like if you need them backboarded, carted off, um, which like you know, Jmart in the heat race went down and the race had just ended, but in that situation, like they had to you know Stabilize him, backboard them, all that stuff, like those are yeah. the medical situations in which a red flag will come out for, not three guys picking up their bikes in one corner.
0: Yeah, because in high, in retrospect, that could happen at any point in the race. You can have two guys take each other out, another guy gets hung up, and then yeah. there are a handful of bikes in a corner, and you never consider those to be a red flag. Yeah. So why would this just because it was a start crash? Um like I say, different different kettle of fish if someone looked hurt. Or yeah. there was the potential that someone needed help. But everyone was up, <laughs> and the only reason they were there was because the bikes were locked together like some sort of item that <laughs> locks together. Um, <laughs> a lock? A lock and a key, I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, that doesn't work. Um
1: How much does this The uh, mind boggles. How much does this whole situation change if uh, they're all okay, but they're down on the backside of like the first jump. We did, like, that's
0: obviously different. It's blind situation, right? You've got to. It's a bit of a. It's a bit more of a. Um, what's the word? Cuffle. <laughs> that's not the official term. It's a, f- it's a, a bit more. Topic. It's a bit more of a cuffle <laughs> because then you have to slow the riders down before they jump. So it's a bit more. There's a bit more. It's a bit more hazardous. Yeah, because you have to slow the riders down in time, and oh, if they don't notice, then they're gonna fly into people whereas as i say there was so much time to prepare the riders the riders could look ahead as they were sweeping like you yeah, know it's fine yeah Everybody, no I, I i'm surprised was how too. much outcry there is about this
1: i mean does does the person who is affected by this have anything to do with the outcry don't you think a little bit did you see my tweet uh i don't know you have a lot of tweets with michael sir. jackson what yesterday no
0: I feel like it was maybe one of some of my best work. I missed it. Then. Do you want to watch it live on air? It's a TikTok. <laughs> I have to watch it.
1: It's a TikTok. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Um, I, yes, I vaguely remember it. Yes. Okay, no, clearly it didn't have the impact on you
0: that it, I apologize. That I I've been quite to. busy. Um, no, but still, you were meant to be like this. Is tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah. Like you, no matter how busy you
1: were, it was meant to have the type of effect. I think you I did stop. laugh. I, I think I did laugh. Yeah. Are you going somewhere with this? No, just wanted some uh, okay great. applause. Um, yeah, because I think, like as you <laughs> put it, the backlash from this, a lot of it is um, a, a handful, not but a I, lot. But there's I, some I of never it considered
0: that because Deegan was gone by the time that the riders came, came round. So you, do you really believe it's that?
1: No, but I'm saying that they thought, like, why wouldn't this be red flagged and that it helps him? Then he can come back. They could maybe in five minutes actually change the handlebars. And then he has a clean restart. Again, I'm. I'm not saying I I'm, agree with that. I think that's where they're. I'm
0: tired, man. Okay. Yeah. I
1: one round in, we're over the bed bugs. I'm
0: tired. <laughs> like,
1: you okay over there?
0: That just—it's negatively engaging. Okay. Like, it's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's more than last year. It's just—it's a lot. Yeah. Um
1: so if um did you did you watch much of like them uh picking themselves yeah. up in the first turn what was vial doing like i know he was trying to get himself like sorted or well, whatever but like those guys were stuck vial was just kind of like i don't know what he was doing
0: if you watch the replay it's a miracle to, like vial really like flew through the air without his bike and was, like, hit multiple times in the head. It's a miracle yeah. that he didn't
1: have... It ripped his goggles off. Oh, really? Yeah, when he hit the ground, the strap just immediately broke, and then he had no goggles on.
0: I wonder if maybe he was a bit confused. Maybe, confused, but it, I don't think
1: but... his head hit the ground that hard. But
0: his head hit someone else's number plate quite yeah, hard. Yeah, no, that's true. Um. So I wonder... But then he rode to the mechanics area, and then he was suddenly back, and very confusing.
1: Yeah, but so from just quickly from your perspective, like, Viao was just getting himself sorted. It wasn't like he was standing there like, hey... Oh, you know, we're in the way. So whatever. I
0: that, you know what? I'd never considered that, but maybe.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Just an interesting topic, See, I suppose. I'm right? not gonna. Are oh, you not gonna add to it? No. Okay. All right. Continuing on. Um, let's get into our second topic here today. Uh, which uh you have a strong opinion about. You wanted to go even maybe hotter on this opinion, but you chose to stick with uh the fact that you believe Simon Langenfelder. Simon. Simon Langenfelder. Whatever. Uh, like to Mon and Pumbaa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, who uh, finished second overall in the... What's the Italian championship over there called? Like the internazionale
0: Italian... d'Italia.
1: Yeah, but it's not the Italian championship. Yeah, it's like it's the...
0: Internazionale d'Italia.
1: The International Italian Championship.
0: Basically, they just realized Because there's that... a
1: three-round series in Italy that yeah. starts the year that in, has nothing to the... do with the Italian yeah. motocross.
0: They basically realized that they can get all of the MXGP riders in Italy and make money exactly. if they right. do this special little preseason
1: championship. So, Simon Langenfelder... Yep who finished second overall to Fruccio Zanchi on the weekend. They went 1-4-4-1. Yep. And uh, you believe that mm-hmm. the gas-gas talent that he is mm-hmm. is on his way to winning 8 of 20 MX2 GPs this year and the title. Convincingly. Convincingly.
0: Now, if you're an American fan, you can cheer for Simon because he did Red Bull Straight Rhythm one year. <laughs> who knows when that would have been. Um, so he was he like was a bit in the American scene. So there's that and that should give you an idea of his skill, because obviously not everyone's doing that. Um, He's really good. Yeah, he is. He's really, really, really good. And you know what? He very much was... He was almost in the title fight last year with missing, like, four rounds. If you go back and do the math, it is so obvious that if he hadn't got injured, he would have won the championship convincingly. Okay. That was his uh, second year on Red Bull Gas Gas Factory Racing. So this is his... Third, he's only getting better. It's gonna be Lagenfelder versus Kunan for the championship. No doubt in my mind. Okay. With a sprinkling of Everts. My other hot take is Everts is gonna be much better than Adamo.
1: Why why are you so anti Adamo? I'm not anti Adamo. But like okay, why why is Adamo in your opinion like not gonna be that level again this year? Was
0: he the best rider last year?
1: I'm not saying he's gonna be the best rider, but you come off of winning the world title however you got there. You're going to have more confidence rolling into this year, no? When you
0: entered the 2008 World Championship, did you pick Steve Ramon as a heavy favorite because he won the championship the year before?
1: (laughs) So you're not picking Prado to even contend?
0: every Every instance is unique. Okay. Um I would say that Everts proved to be the Everts was very much in a development phase last year. Yeah, for sure. Whereas Adamo was more the finished package. So I would say that by the end of the year, Everts proved to be the better rider. And again, another off-season should have helped Everts tremendously. Um so yeah, I think I believe that Everts will be very, very good, but I do believe that it will be Lagenfelder versus Kunin for the championship. And I do believe that Lagenfelder will win eight GPs out of twenty, at least. Kunin will win five or six. Okay. And then DeWolf, Everts and Adamo will take the rest.
1: So you know where I stand on this Adamo thing because you and I talked about that like two or three years ago when he was still on SM Action and I said, when is Factory KTM going to put him on the bike? I think he can win. And you thought I was ridiculous and then I was vindicated last year. I don't so. remember this conversation. I definitely remember that. Uh, it happened at the Phoenix Supercross in 2020. Video games have warped your mind. Here we go. Um, so, but no, uh, back to Langenfelder. What, in your opinion, injuries aside... What has been, like, the weak point for him over the last couple of years that hasn't been, like, consistent results for him?
0: I don't think there has been a weak point.
1: Really? You don't, like...
0: 2022,
1: it was his first year as a factory rider.
0: Naturally, he wasn't going to compete with the Alan Gertz.
1: Sure. But but... he was
0: third in the championship. Last year, he started slow, wasn't happy with the bike, but also, I believe, maybe there was a bit of, like, Championship pressure playing a role in that, but then he broke through in Spain and went 1 1. Then got injured immediately after that, and then came back. and I think he won. I think he, after his injury, I believe he won at least one moto at all but like two of the GPs. So he was always there. Okay. Um, he's great. Honestly, he's a really good rider. I can't really claim him because of, despite my efforts to like build a relationship, we've just not really got there. Maybe we,
1: should, maybe we should learn German.
0: Uh, I've got. am uh, qualified in German. Okay, I've got a certificate. Do you there want there to see it? it? No, I don't. I'm
1: qualified in German. I took three years of it in college. So. Mm? Are you Maybe qualified? We could do this podcast in German. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, but you hit on a point that that's uh, ist wunderbar, Kellen. You hit on a point that, in my opinion, is Langenfelder's weak point: pressure. When there no. is pressure situation, I don't think he hits. So far, that might change, but he's done. To me, nothing that really like shows, especially in Motocross of Nations where there's a lot of pressure, nothing that's like, wow, there is Simon Langenfelder. That guy is about to be the MX2 hero for the next three years. Like That has not happened. When the pressure's off, and I know he won the first ever uh, GP that he had with Gas Gas, and that was probably a pressure cooker situation. However, I feel like when he gets in the title fight, like you said, fifths happen, sevenths happen, and he just gets a little bit lost. For some reason... I can't remember what he did at the Erna Nations. There's a he part crashed of, a lot. There's a part of me that feels like he was great at one point though. He was uh, fourth overall in combined qualifying and warm-up, I think. But uh, after that, no. Like he crashed. Who won
0: the MX2 qualifier?
1: RJ. Did RJ win the qualifier? No, Vial did, didn't he? Did Vial win the qualifier? I thought Vial did. Why do I feel like I thought he caught did? Maybe he caught and passed I uh, um, I don't know, but I, again. I went to uh, Erne thinking Langenfelder mm. I thought Langenfelder would carry Germany yep. onto the podium. So did we all. Roxen did. Roxen almost carried them there. And Roxen was supposed to be that guy, but I thought Langenfelder would go 6557 five, whatever like Vial's yep. results were and put it Germany on the podium and
0: it didn't happen. It wasn't our best day, but you Pressure. know what? We've had a winter to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. Um and it's like year.
1: Okay, I mean, I I like him a lot. I think he's really talented and nice think, guy. Yeah, very, very nice guy, very personable. Really
0: and, sick style.
1: Yeah, like all the all the boxes are ticked. Like he is in in my opinion, like the future of uh, yep. German motocross needs to come to bit, America. So yeah, that'd be great too. Told um, me he's too scared. Do I agree with eight out of twenty GPS? Mm, no, and I'm not sure that I think he's gonna win the world title either. But who's I your do pick think... for the MX2 title? I. At the moment I don't necessarily have a clear favorite, but I do think Adamo will be much better than you're giving him credit for. You know who
0: no one considers. Who? Beniston.
1: Yeah, because he just was like nowhere to be He's found. He's just last the most year. invisible personality. So yeah. like But he could. He could do it for sure. So Yeah. 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 So you think Langenfelder and Kunin, nobody else?
0: Uh like basically. I say, Everts will be in there, Adamo will be in there, Carter Wolf will be in there. But for the most part, Lagenfelder and Kuhnen are going to shine brightly. Okay, alright. Um, I would bet, like, there's absolutely no way that Austria doesn't win this championship. Apart from Benison. Benison's for fret.
1: <laughs> absolutely no way.
0: But, putting Benison to one side... How like,
1: dare you put down Triumphs Harup that, <laughs> he, that heavily.
0: He finished second in, on debut.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Looked pretty good. Um, alright, next topic. We kind of changed up the format a little bit this week at the advice of the venerable journalist, Adam Wheeler. And he said that the non moto topics should be sprinkled back into the middle of the episode instead of put at the end. And so we're going to try it. We're going to put one non moto topic right in the middle and one at the very end and see if this format works better. So the next one we're going to get into is much more just kind of off the cuff because you're from the UK and I'm from the USA and our verbiage uh, sometimes does not match. We have very uh, different language, usage of certain things. Yeah, for and-
0: instance, before I came here, I'd never heard the word verbiage, but for some reason, it's like a buzzword in this country. <laughs> okay. The amount of conversations I've had where people have like, "Yeah, the verbiage," and I'm just like, I don't- "Shut up."
1: I, I apologize. Um, so the the reason this even started was yesterday, uh, you were saying you wanted to come do this podcast earlier because you would hit traffic yep. on the way home, and I said you should just take surface streets, which is not the highway. It's, like, just roads that go yeah. along the highway, around the highway, back or whatever. Roads. So you call that back roads. Yeah. Which I, I guess that makes sense, because... What, name how they're surface streets. Because, I don't know, I guess normally you'd say, like, a highway is above level. I don't know what the, the reason why it's called That's, surface streets. It's that just, makes so little sense. The highway here uh, through the middle of our town is, is just flat on the ground. It's never raised. It doesn't go over roads. But there's still a
0: surface... <laughs> <But
1: that's,
0: laughs> See, you're that's, making very little relevant
1: we're talking about the surface of like the the like sea level of the ground that's sea
0: level roads then
1: <laughs> sea level roads um so you guys call it back roads which to me makes sense because in the uk i feel like it's much more uh there's maybe a main road but there's a lot of just kind of like yeah, roads through. going all over the place um but uh so now that you've lived here for a little while now uh because you lived here how, how many months last year did you actually like were you here? Uh, four months a majority a majority okay let's say that and then this year now you're you're yeah like basically. in my life so.
0: i've spent like years here
1: like if you <clears throat> so the first thing i'll ask you is what are the most like annoying things that that americans say that you're just like why don't you use this word instead <sighs> okay wow i wish you'd prepared me for that um, do you want me to start with the list of, of well, things?
0: I, like i've got used to trash i say trash now i've got used to saying gas
1: instead of bin and petrol yep. Right.
0: Because no one knows what a bin is. Yeah. I don't like trunk.
1: What do you say instead of trunk? Boot. 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 The boot of the car? Yeah. That's what it's all about. I don't like
0: trunk. Why is it a trunk?
1: Uh, I don't know. That's what it's called. The only thing
0: in the world (laughs) that's called a trunk is attached to an elephant, and it's at the front, not the back. Okay. So that doesn't even
1: make sense. Uh, What about like swim trunks? And what
0: do you call a bonnet? The hood? Yeah, I don't like that. Why? I don't know.
1: Okay. Doesn't I don't right like bonnet. Me. It sounds like hood, it's a clothing hood item.
0: Sounds too much like you're trying to be cool.
1: A hood sounds like we're trying yeah, to be cool. Yeah, it just cool.
0: sounds like we're not like we're not we're not street racers. Okay. Just pop the bonnet.
1: But the a bonnet to me sounds like
0: it's like a, like a skirt the, or something pop like that. The hood, put on, it's like, oh right, put on your down. bonnet
1: and let's go out for a day.
0: Like you tell me pop the bonnet pop the what do you say?
1: Are you okay? Hood.
0: You tell me pop <laughs> you tell me pop the hood and I'm just a bit like you're odd.
1: Alright chill out right um though so some of the most common ones that uh i listed out here i just went to some article and it listed some common okay. ones um fries versus chips you guys will never use the word like french fries no
0: or no, fri- no fries has like fries and chips are like equal. synonymous now yeah like no like i feel like it always has been like some like you can say fries yeah. you can say chips everyone knows what you're talking about you say chips here no. they look at you like you're
1: insane because you call them crisps yeah crisps yeah but they're chips they're potato chips. A little chip off of the potato, chip off the old block. Yeah, basically. And like for you, a chip is like a literal wedge of a potato, like a, yeah. a massive slice of it. So no, that's a chunky chip. That's a chunky no, chip. That's a potato hook.
0: wedge. Oh,
1: so you do use the word wedge?
0: When did the word wedge enter this conversation?
1: You just said it. What I said it. <laughs> I said like a potato wedge, like a slice yeah, of we a have potato? potato wedge. Potato you call wedges? that chips? No, no, no. What, what is chips? Just the a chip is like... like a chunky chip. A
0: fry is a skinny chip, and a chip is a chunky chip, and a potato, which wedge is like a, is a wedge of a wedge. potato. No, a potato wedge is a potato wedge.
1: So what's a ch- i I'm okay, and now I'm even more confused. Um, it actually makes perfect sense. Another one is uh, the words apartment versus flat. No, um, no,
0: that's the same. You apartment, flat. They're both used. Yeah, equally. but
1: like, why flat? Like, where? Where well, does that Well,
0: using your log- logic of surface streets, they're on flat ground.
1: No, not always. I'm just using your logic. Okay, so you live in an apartment yep. and you're on the bottom level of it? No, second. Oh, okay, so we're not on the flat yeah, ground. This, my floor's
0: flat. Interesting. Oh, your floor's well, flat. I don't agree <laughs> with this. I'm just using your stupid logic for surface streets.
1: <laughs> but you just, you contradicted yourself because you don't even live on a flat ground apartment. I don't know, Kellan. Okay. Um, another one is garbage versus rubbish, which, like you said, you throw yeah, stuff in the trash garbage. instead of bin. Yeah. So you say garbage or yeah. trash.
0: Yeah, you you only say rubbish. It's like is this rubbish?
1: Yeah, I like the word rubbish. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a well used. Okay, well don't laugh at us. No, I th- like. I think it's a great word. Like it just is like oh that's rubbish. I think that's awesome.
0: Well, I'm trying to think there is there has been times like describing words that I've said in a press box that okay. people just look at me and I'm just like. What do you think about
1: the word bollocks?
0: what do you mean yeah that's bollocks
1: yeah like instead yeah. of that's ridiculous or yeah okay. but it's
0: more like that's bollocks is like more to like more specific to like um oh hey lewis kellen just told me that he's the greatest person in the world and i just go oh, that's bollocks <laughs> okay like you know it's more specific to like yeah people chatting shit
1: well you interviewed antsy this weekend and uh his uh best quote of the weekend was there was knobs out there was all this stuff. Yeah, and all that, that. we figured but,
0: that no one would understand that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, why? Uh, like, there's so many other words for that. Why is "knobs" so popular there? It's not so popular. Well, it's he's popular enough that he just went right to it. Yeah, right it's away. one of many.
0: So everyone uses different words, don't okay. they? Like, um, yeah, okay. It's one of many. It's not like the overwhelming word. Um,
1: this one's always a little bit like "eh" to me. Parking lot versus car park. Yeah, I don't
0: like parking lot. I've started well, saying why? it, but like it's a car park.
1: Like, but car park to me is like you put your like your car goes on a swing, your car goes down so the slides because it's a park for you cars. Are ridiculous. No, I honestly, mean, how do you? A parking lot is a place where cars you just park them. But and where does
0: the word lot come into that? Hey, where's your car park? Oh, I in the car park. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> a lot because it's just a a big area in which cars are parked, like a lot of land.
0: him, where's your car parked? In the car park.
1: In the parking lot.
0: In the car park. Literally makes sense. <laughs> Literally could not. That is the most self-explanatory term ever.
1: No, I I like parking lot better. I I agreed with some of the terms. This is on your here. list. This is fine. Uh, that's as far as I've got. Okay, but, but but uh, so. to preview a future topic, what about lift versus elevator?
0: Yeah, uh, I both are used. Again, elevators just like calm down, <laughs> calm down. Like, let's just use lift. That's like, quicker in and yeah, but- out of the conversation. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go and take the elevator. It's like. Oh, just calm down. Who are you trying to be? Who are don't you trying you to guys,
1: fool? Don't you guys use the word lift though to like can you give me a lift somewhere? Yeah. And then you also use it to lift. Yeah. yeah, so like that's confusing to me. Take a taxi and get in an elevator instead of can I get in a lift and then can you lift me no, up? because a lift more casual.
0: Room. Do you want a lift? Like oh, oh I'll take you. You don't go you don't go oh I'm getting a you wouldn't if I was if I'd ordered a taxi to get home, I wouldn't tell you I'm getting a lift from the taxi. A lift is a casual Friendly, like okay. doing you a favor. I'm doing you a favor. I'll give you a lift. Anyone doing lifts tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean we use that terminology here. I'll give you a lift or something. But yeah, so why are you, why are you calling me out? Because I feel like that's the name of of like what most people in the UK use for taxi. No, do you need a lift? No, really, no.
0: All right. Well, the taxi doesn't give you a lift because you're that's a service. He's not your mate. Your mate gives <laughs> He's you not a lift.
1: Hey, you don't know. I could be friends with the taxi driver over there. Um, well, all we'll right. Get into that. Yeah. Um, that's the end of our first half of the show. And I want to thank EVS sports again for, uh, presenting this show over the past 39 years. EVS sports has established themselves as the leaders in innovation and technology. When it comes to designing protection gear for today's motocross riders, athletes like RJ Hampshire, Kyle Chisholm, Freddie Norn, Axel Hodges, and Travis Estrana all wear EVS when they race, ride or whatever Travis decides to do that day. Check out EVS sports.com to gear up like the pros and use the code LVK 30 to save on anything from knee protection to shoulder braces. All right, time to get into our Race Tech Fan Question of the Week. Shout out to Racetech Suspension, building a reliable, world-class engine requires a combination of state-of-the-art equipment and experienced, knowledgeable technicians. Racetech provides quality, precision, engine services using the best equipment and processes in the industry. And our Fan Question of the Week, again, a little bit of a topic from last week, so even the, the question is a little bit from last week. Um, at Dieter Lasat on Twitter, Louis... Says there was a Supercross in India this weekend. Uh, Subs Cedric Subiros Jordy Tixier uh, Matt Moss were there. Thoughts on this? Seems like a market where WSX was aiming at, but now they seem to have an established domestic series. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess the basic question is: first of all, like, what are your thoughts on those types of guys like getting rides to go race Indian Supercross?
0: Well, the impression that I get is that there's a lot of money. About, well, not a lot of money for right. those guys there's money that makes it worthwhile um i feel as though the reason that the indian championship has caught my attention is the wsx guys were really like friendly with it did you notice this there was a lot of like comments and like
1: no but you're you're all over that social media with it so continue
0: this looks great blah 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 so that's kind of what drew me to it yeah um so i feel i've always i've all it's so much that i've actually wondered if wsx has a stake in the indian supercross championship because it's almost borderline i mean there's a lot of borderline um so i wonder that should have probably done research on that um and yeah it does just seem like wsx butter uh, buttering them up to use their platform um i haven't seen highlights i meant to look into like how good for track was
1: i saw some like uh you know instagram videos and stuff like that and it looked like not to put it down but it looked like it was kind of just mounds of dirt thrown together to some degree not super, and there wasn't a rhythm section um there was okay but it wasn't it, it definitely doesn't look like dirtworks went there you know what i mean like there, it was uneven jumps in some areas and and stuff like that just it wasn't Totally perfect. But it looked like it was doable. Like, but everything like I mean, was, was
0: there like a triple quad or was it just like, you know, doubles I don't around know. the track? Like just doubles. I
1: mean, the Instagram videos I saw were like two sections and no. The that particular, you know, big line stuff wasn't happening. It was like double in and then yeah. table over single or whatever, but
0: Um I'm not the WSX expert. That would be Steve Mathis. But from what I've heard, there will be Asia and there will be South America and there will be Abu Dhabi. In the fall of this year. Yeah. Um, by the way, fall in England we call it autumn. Okay. Um, just to add to the previous topic.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, I'd imagine uh, <clears throat> India is in Asia, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'd, I'd imagine that's on the cards because I don't believe that Indonesia is a go anymore.
1: Why do you think, having seen the Indonesian races that MXGP has done, um, they're going back to China now? So they're they've obviously entertained the Asian market sometimes, but like. What is it about it that like isn't working? Because it seems like there's a lot of draw and a lot of attention by the the local crowds there, uh, to a degree. But obviously, it's like government funded and stuff. If so who said?
0: What do you mean? Who said it isn't working?
1: Well, I'm saying like, you know, this is the first time like an Indian Supercross series has had any like real attention to it. Like, if you watch some of their old videos, dude, it was like nothing tracks on some really weird bikes. And now suddenly they have like kind of a series where it seems like they can afford a little bit better riders. Like why? Why is this market draw not been bigger before? With how massive of a market this is in Asia with the motorcycle industry?
0: Well, that's a double-barreled question in many ways, but even maybe even triple-barreled. Um, first of all. The first year that we went to Indonesia, I did an interview with Roger Harvey, and he said something along the lines of, they sell more Honda scooters in Indonesia than they do dirt bikes in the entire world. Yeah. So that's the market. Right, exactly. Um, this Your point just makes me wonder, where does the funding come from for the Indian Supercross Championship? Is it some sort of WSX partnership?
1: Well, I know that they have a... I think their title sponsorship is Petronas. Which oh, is really? that yeah, Malaysian. Yep. Uh, Mercedes F one team sponsors. Yes. Yep. Um so they seem to be involved. I mean again. That's this a big is... deal with it. I mean, well, if... they definitely were involved in some Indian Supercross championship before this. They're like oh. the main team was the Petronas some sort of Chinese bike team. Um I don't know how involved they are now, but they obviously have been before. So I'm just again, trying like... to
0: find it because I'm pretty sure I didn't see a title sponsor. So keep talking.
1: Um but yeah. Anyway, I guess how this relates to uh, a market in in India for their super supercross to exist to some level, and now there's a domestic series. And does that take away draw from WSX going there? No, I don't think so at all. I think that you have these type of athletes, which will certainly draw a crowd. And you know, Subs, Tixier, Matt Moss, very talented riders. They will draw attention by going there. They won't quite draw the attention of Ken Roxon, Joey Savacci, et cetera, et cetera, that WSX can bring to the table. And I think that is an extra level draw that WSX has that doesn't matter what market they go to. They have the athletes that can make it more important for them.
0: Yeah, I think I misunderstood the question. What's the question? Does this deter WSX from going Well, Well,
1: he says, seems like a market where WSX was aiming at, but now they seem to have established a domestic series. So to me, that kind of draws the comparison of like, okay, well, it's already been taken away. Like WSX obviously isn't really trying to come to the US because there's an established domestic series with top level talent here. But I'm saying, I think why it doesn't draw away from having a domestic series versus having WSX is because the top-level talent in, in WSX is still going to be a little bit higher than the domestic series for India.
0: Yeah, it only helps. Exactly. Because now there's a market, that not only WSX aren't going into a new market, they're going into a market that... And they can... I would bet my bottom dollar that, that a round of the Indian Supercross League will be a support class at WSX India, if yeah, it, it happens. Um, 100%. That's, that's, that's too logical for it to not happen.
1: Well, like, on the flip side of this, WSX tried to go to France and Germany this past year. Didn't work out. Like, they had to cancel those rounds. But if they do, if if WSX has a round in France, which has an established yep. domestic series, do you think that, like, people are like, meh, seen it? No, they're like, Ken Rockson? Oh, yeah. I want to see that. That's what I'm saying, right?
0: Yeah, and in Abu Dhabi, I was there, obviously, um, to the chagrin of some. <laughs> um, and the crowd reacted to the name Ken Roxon. yeah they didn't react to any other name but I don't know maybe that's just because uh he was on like maybe in the uh like on the news channels and stuff locally they kind of made a big deal of this is the guy yeah maybe they just knew of him but when the name Ken Roxon was mentioned there was a clear reaction so that name does exactly um transcend the sport almost
1: how important do you think it is to have these areas around the world have their own domestic series. So it's not just WSX comes into this market every single year and then leaves. And there's literally nothing else left behind. Like, you know, like, I feel like when MXGP goes to like, when they went to Qatar, for example, there there wasn't like a, a motocross scene there. Uh. So like you need to, if you're going to go to these markets and like draw audiences, I feel like something needs to be there as well for the fans to like, Continue to stay latched onto and continue to follow the sport. Well,
0: no? Indonesia has a motocross championship. I do feel as though Qatar had one as well.
1: But I mean, how big is it? Like, it's, yeah,
0: but that's all relative. In
1: our I eyes, guess, it's yeah. small.
0: But if you get a little Qatari on here, they'll probably tell you it's the biggest event well, of sure. their life. Yeah,
1: but I mean, that's don't important, be, uh, right? Pr- don't be um privileged or whatever the word is for that. Well, I apologize, but that's important, right? To have like domestic domestic series established to show to showcase the talents of those areas. And then maybe there's a chance that like there is a a real talented Indian rider that's coming up that now has this domestic series to compete in or to aspire to. And then maybe he gets involved in AMA Supercross, WSX, MXGP, whatever in the future, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but sure, it's possible.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is like you you establish a framework of success within a domestic series there, and you build towards – getting more talent around the world Yeah, that's
0: very unlikely to happen but it's a good roadmap to
1: endeavor for exactly okay um so yeah i i think it's fine i don't think it walks on wsx's toes and i think it's great that we have a domestic it definitely does not
0: walk on wsx's toes no to answer that part clearly
1: yes um all right next topic let's move into uh this one that you brought today and you tweeted about this over the weekend i think sunday
0: i believe i also hinted at this last week I think yes, you did. Yeah, said, you said like, this, this would be a future, future topic. By the way,
1: when did you tweet about this? I don't know. Well, you, you tweeted about it. Um, you've gotten some little bit of backlash from it, or just people that are like, "How? No, it's or just why?" Or whatever. A good debate. Okay, good debate. Um, and it's that you believe that MXGP travel mm-hmm. uh, to travel to all twenty now MXGPs that there are yep. for a, a single year is easier than the US travel. Yes. So why?
0: Um, well, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> um obviously the starting point is MXGP goes to Argentina, which is a 35-hour travel day. Um seems uh, really easy. Uh Indonesia is similar. But those are just two trips. Yeah. So like it kind of is is doesn't affect you as much because like you have time to prepare for this one massive trip. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, you're just bouncing around Europe to relate it to American terms it would basically be like racing in Anaheim, San Diego, Oakland, and Seattle yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, the it, within Europe, the biggest time difference is two hours in Sweden, um, and yeah, that just makes it very easy. Okay. Whereas, like for Detroit, I did a five-hour flight, and in MXGP, you don't do that unless you're going to Argentina or Indonesia. That's my point, point. Okay. and not to mention the time difference, uh, again, apart from Indonesia and Argentina, um, and actually Argentina for some reason is only four hours different to Europe's time, don't know how that works. Um, um, yeah, apart from those trips, you don't deal with a massive time difference, whereas I feel like the three-hour time difference here, or going East Coast or vice versa, is enough to mess up with your body clock and make it difficult. Okay. Like I was I, like in Detroit, I didn't get to sleep until like two AM. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then that. when I had to have an alarm at five AM Detroit time, that That's had cool. an impact on me. Oh yeah, I know. Um whereas when you go to Belgium from the UK, I'm talking coming from the UK. If you're actually in mainland Europe, there's even less of a time difference. Yeah. Um if you're going from Belgium to Spain, it's a hour flight, there's no time difference, happy days. That's my point.
1: Where uh so you lived about um, An hour from Heathrow, yep. and that was your main airport to fly out of. Iceland. Well, no, Gatwick was. Okay, Gatwick was your main airport to fly, and that was, what, 20 minutes for you? Yeah. Um, What percentage of GPs in Europe would you say you flew to? Oh, I flew to all of them. All of them. Occasionally, I would drive to Lommel. I thought you, when I uh, went to Mantua, and I know that was a doubleheader, but I thought you guys drove. No. No? No. Hmm. Someone
0: else, Ray Archer
1: did that you.
0: Okay, but um, people
1: have done it. Um, but so you fly out of Gatwick and, like, you know, if you go to uh, another perfect
0: example, never have to do a layover anywhere. I've never in all apart from Argentina and Indonesia, I've never had to do a layover in a GP season. Whereas yeah. that's kind of more par for the course here.
1: Okay, so let's say you fly out of uh, Gatwick and you go to uh, Fienza or something like okay. that. Um, How your your travel time there is twenty minutes. How long is your flight time? Hour and a half. And then how far are you from the track wherever you land?
0: I can't remember flights because only okay. What's
1: it like? A more common one, Majora? Like let's. I'm trying to think of Italy. Like an
0: hour or so, an hour or two hours. So then
1: total travel time for you would be like four hours, maybe five. Yeah, but I'm also I'm also
0: I'm not just comparing it to Supercross. I'm comparing it to outdoors as well.
1: I know. I'm Uh, trying to get an understanding of like because Italy is kind of the opposite side of Europe to the UK.
0: Yes. one well spain would be the furthest well sweden would be the furthest but that's kind of yeah it's only they got their own little thing going on up there um do
1: you, do you jump a time zone to go to italy is yeah. your gmt and their gmt plus one
0: yeah they're one hour ahead yeah
1: um so which
0: is fine because your body doesn't yeah even yeah exactly
1: um and then what well, in terms of like where these airports are like how frequent are the flights like can you there's loads i can fly, just take I, them anytime. From, from Gatwick, i can fly to milan like seven times a day okay because i'm just trying to get a clear understanding like here in the u.s one of the nice things that i that we have here you and i specifically a lot of airports bias so we have a lot of options to yeah. fly out of and uh there's loads of times like any time of the day you want to fly I'm, there's going to be a flight i'm more specifically talking
0: longer flights here on average yeah bigger time difference to deal with on average that's kind of my main argument
1: so um we both live in California, yes, a healthy amount of riders live in California for a short duration and then live in Florida. Do you think that that would change your perspective at all? As soon as the series goes east, you have a second place to live with less distance to travel?
0: Yeah, that would help. Time. But then if you're living in Tallahassee, you've still got to do layovers and everything. so that's yeah. difficult. Um,
1: I agree with you, like the the flying schedule for us is is sometimes really difficult and often slept on by like fans. Like, aside from what we go through, the athletes themselves having to do this schedule and then still be on the top of their game every Saturday is a really underrated thing. Like, not many people talk about it.
0: I was surprised how the time difference didn't really affect me in Detroit, but I remember Tampa last year. Oh my, I was, press day starts at one o'clock. I almost didn't make it. Yeah. Like, it was
1: hard. Well, honestly, like, every national from living in California and then going to nationals, you know, East Coast nationals. Miserable. Yeah, I reckon I'm gonna I'm probably gonna tag dark side in for a lot of nationals because free practice at a national starts at 8 a.m. Yep. We usually have to be there seven thirty or earlier at least. And that's four thirty a.m. in California. Which means that some places the hotels are an hour away Mm -hmm. from the track, and then you have to wake up, you know, at like two thirty AM to even get to the track. Mm -hmm. Your time basically. Preaching to the choir. (laughs) No, I agree. Like the East Coast going California to East Coast sucks. And then I'm sure the people on the East Coast right now traveling out here and then being up until 2 a.m. to do a Supercross race and then having to do media afterwards and then debrief and all that stuff, they're probably miserable. So I get it. Like it's long travel plus time change. Yeah. Long days.
0: Definitely easier if you live in Florida. I think so. Yeah. Um, Or I guess the best situation would be to live central time.
1: That's what Anton does.
0: And then you're more and then that's closer to traveling in the Europe within the Europe time zones.
1: Oh yeah, just just a little
0: observation from myself. I feel like I'm one of the only people who can really, yeah, argue I mean, it. I mean, uh, there's Ollie Stone, um, Jared Keller, um,
1: Max Anstey, Max,
0: yeah, him. I guess. <laughs> yeah. actually I guess there's a lot of riders. I was just thinking, yeah, of you're industry just like people. digging
1: into the industry side of it a little bit. Um, yeah, but yeah. The riders are fine. Uh, I guess you're right, like because you, in the UK, you lived in what would be kind of like if you flipped Europe upside down you'd be like in the california of how far you had to travel yeah. into europe uh because the you're, not in the middle. Like Seattle. Yeah, you're not in the middle. Yeah, because you're not in the middle. Um so the farthest like european gp you'd have to go to, yeah, is is shorter than yeah. half of the ones we have to do This to, this is a perfect
0: here. example. Most of the riders living in belgium drive to most of the GPs.
1: So there's six flyaways now?
0: Uh two in indonesia, one in argentina, one in china.
1: Turkey's not considered a flyway?
0: Not really. I mean they they pack Uh, flight cases for it but i mean for me it was like a four-hour flight
1: so okay like even that's gotten easier but before covid wasn't there six six or seven uh
0: uh well we had qatar at points we had thailand at points we had they've always said they want six i think they've said six yeah Um, six
1: is their magic number yeah yeah okay um mexico Mexico. USA, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know there um, was
0: one year 2016 we started with qatar thailand argentina mexico that was intense <laughs> brutal <laughs> yeah that was that was a part i think that's month. where
1: you lose people with the usa is 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 more difficult because then they see that and they're like no that sounds awful so. yeah but again that's one month <laughs> i know
0: so you just push through that one month and then it settles down well, whereas lewis? this is more like this is a more of a slow grind yeah. whereas mxgp travel is more peaks and
1: valleys well you know what lewis push push through the six months of it here well just we, we had a really nice time in california where the first four rounds are basically driving distance so not too difficult
0: okay sorry <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs>
1: oh boy um all right back into non moto for our last topic of the day um and i don't i don't know if i have an opinion on this but uh you do so lewis tell us about people in elevators and what irks you about where
0: them. do you where do you believe i'm going with this
1: I believe you're going to think about, like, etiquette of, like, why is everyone so awkward? Why doesn't everyone move out of the way nicely when I'm trying to get in or out of a certain floor? That's where I'm assuming you're going with it. Two points. Okay.
0: Why is it that in elevators, people feel the need to talk to each other? We're not going to talk. We're no, we don't talk to each other anywhere else. But you get in the elevator with a stranger and there's some sort of need to make small talk. Why? What, what what is what about the elevator creates mm, this environment?
1: My guess would be that it's one of the only places that forces you to be like really really close to someone else. Like you're you're basically like breathing on someone's neck suddenly and it feels awkward to just be like and not say like so what do so you think the of the race or whatever. Walk so? out,
0: the conversation stops and you act like you never knew them.
1: Sure, whatever. So
0: like, don't understand why the elevator or lift is this conversational Box.
1: What about box. what about when you ride the metro in the UK? I
0: don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, or the underground. Oh, oh, what's it
0: called in the in uh, underground?
1: Underground. Yeah, because yeah, in like France, it's or metro and stuff.
0: Um, no, that's just a train. No one talks. Yeah, you get I mean, the occasional nutter who's high and sings. But...
1: nutto's Nutter. 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 So that's like a crazy person. Yeah, and we're back nutter. on verbiage. Yeah, uh, but and yeah. So again. what's your second point about elevators? Um,
0: why is there always one guy? who feels like he is the king of the buttons. Oh, what floor, what floor are you going to? It's like, I'm fine. I'll push that I'll push myself, thanks. Oh, what floor are you going to? Uh, no, fuck off. Push yeah, but- the button. Get to the back of the elevator. Let me decide. Maybe I don't know what. Maybe I'm just here for a good time. Or maybe I don't know what floor I'm <laughs> going to go to. You just want to go for a ride? Maybe I don't know what floor I'm going to go to, and maybe you're taking that decision away from me. Maybe I just want to see what floats my boat. What, why is there always one guy who takes over the buttons? Who do you think you are?
1: I mean, I feel like that's just like trying to be courteous and help, especially in a tight quarters I push elevator with there's button like,
0: and I like step away,
1: especially when there's a lot of people in an elevator. And sometimes like you just all shove in and then realize, oh, I did not press the button on the way in. So it's nice to have elevator button guy be like, hey, what floor is everyone going to? I am right here by the buttons and I can press them for you.
0: No, I just don't understand. Like, who? Like I don't understand. You know what? Maybe I've been guilty of that in the past, but I don't understand. It, this.
1: So again, back to uh, some of the previous topics we've had was there a specific incident that this irked you with over the weekend lewis
0: no i just Mm. like even i i was in the elevator with someone in detroit and even i felt the need like i should say something and i was just like what and then i just had this awakening of like why
1: why don't you just what i normally do if i don't really want to talk to someone i just look at my phone like I they they
0: do it too it's both sides you're just like and it's like nice weather it's like
1: fuck off She's so aggressive about it. What does it matter? You see this person for five seconds of your life.
0: Exactly. So why are we talking?
1: I don't know. Why don't you you, like because you're going to see this person once and probably never again. Why don't you just like throw curveballs to them? You know, be like, what is life about? (laughs) Just hit them with that.
0: I just hit someone with my car.
1: Sure. (laughs) Whatever. Like stun them. Be like, that was the weirdest elevator ride I've ever had because clearly it bothers you that have you're... you had a
0: busy day they go no you go yeah i've just married my sister wow just really throw
1: curveballs. okay yeah I, yeah I i didn't expect that one
0: um <laughs> i just think i was trying to come up with the most random thing that would really confuse okay. them uh
1: i know we're going to birmingham later this year but chill out louis
0: i don't know that's an inside american joke yeah it is
1: yep. um so these two things i'm grind not cool you enough to, your to be on core. the
0: inside of that joke
1: they grind you to your core uh, what are you going to do to try to make your elevator experience no, look, better?
0: Disclaimer: If I had a sound effect, I would do it now. Disclaimer: I'm kind of taking a piss; like I'm not that fussed about it. it just kind of some it entered yeah, my you're mind. You're pretty fussed. No, it entered my mind. I thought it was a bit funny. Um, I'm not that fussed. I mean, I do notice it, and I do believe it's weird, but I'm not this passionate about it. Um, just thought it was good. For, good. For, good uh, debate topic and a bit weird isn't it just a bit strange
1: what i think is always really interesting about elevators and and we deal with this a lot at supercross is um an elevator will open when we're trying to go either up or down and it's already like full And there's always a handful of people in there that are like, come on, we can make more room for you. And then they're like shoving people aside. And like, if you're already in the elevator, you're like, I'm pretty cramped in here. What are you, why are you making this worse for me?
0: And if you're in the elevator with like 20 people, there's always just one person who tries to be the maestro of the conversation. (laughs) And just get everyone involved. It's just like, mate, I'm just trying to get from A to B. I ain't here for a good time.
1: Have you had I'm many not for uh, a long time either? Have you had any interactions yet at Supercross where you get in an elevator and fans recognize you and they're like, "Oh, I want to strike up conversations about the industry, and you're like, "We've got like 12 seconds yeah, here. So. yeah,
0: that's the worst part <laughs> Oh, so now no, I'm, I'm on some sort of game show suddenly where i've got a so I've got to try and got to be well it goes it goes for it applies to strangers as well. I've got to try and be nice, articulate, good conversationalist, and I'm against a buzzer. Because you're you you're going off, we're on floor one, you're getting off on floor two. Yeah. So I, I normally just melt and just like, because I just can't, <laughs> can't think that fast.
1: Okay. So when someone asks you like, uh, oh, so what's like Max doing in 2025? You just are like,
0: oh. well, no, I can't answer that question. I? Oh, I don't know. You know that's, that's what, what fans that like that to really do. Hate. What? Who do you think's going
1: to win tonight? It's like, I don't know. Do I look like Mystic Meg? Well, maybe you have an opinion about it and do they want like, know. I just
0: feel like that's pressure. Like, I don't know.
1: That's definitely a question when I'm with Steve I hear all the time but I always assume it's fantasy related. Okay. Like, people want to well, like, know. Like,
0: like, I'm just like, oh, fucking, what do I look like? Some sort of...
1: You cover the sport. Maybe they think that you have inside information because, like, you heard Chase Sexton made a late bike change and suddenly it's going to be much better. It's so all, It's it- all
0: too much pressure. It's all too much. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed
1: I'm overwhelmed. By overwhelmed. Elevator it's talk. all too
0: much. What's my heart rate? It's high.
1: So, basically if we had to go interview athletes right after the race and then you get stuck in an elevator with these people it, like worst nightmare ever no not like, at all i just stand
0: you, there silently i don't like i say i don't care this much i'm kind of I'm just kind of just playing it up for the podcast but okay. i roll my eyes
1: yeah but that my eyes. that elevator talk man it it's crazy how like kind of often that happens like they'll be like i know you you know about the sport i'm gonna ask you like five questions Yeah, and you're just like and you're like i don't like have but, enough time to like go through this, and then they'll get off the elevator and like keep walking with you to like ask you those questions had Oh yeah, I've had it. But like,
0: even when like the woman is like, there's actually an employed button presser. Uh huh. And she's like, "How's your day going?" And I'm just like,
1: "Come on, they've got no, nothing else no, going on. They're going I mean, up and I mean, down all day." In, like,
0: we've got, we've not got time for this because in a minute there's going to be more people getting in this elevator. So I've not got even time to tell you.
1: I guess, but I don't. When those Let's people say that, simple to you, good.
0: Yes or no reply. Um, enjoying the day? Yes or no reply. Let's just keep it short and snappy.
1: Well, if they say "How's your day?", you could just say, "Yeah, it's going well." How How's your day? Your day? Yes. Uh, yeah, whatever. How's no, no, my no, it day? work. It's it? going well. Next question.
0: Well, I like to give them more than that. Yeah, because I'm a people person. You are well, clearly. <laughs> I'm a people, you love I'm a being crammed person. in I'm, an elevator with I'm a, people, a lot I'm, of people. I am a people person. <laughs>
1: But those people, man, the elevator button pressers, the ones that are employees that have to do it, like, yeah, I like that job, well, I like them, but I would never like to do that job. That sounds... Yeah, I don't fun. have the
0: patience for it.
1: I don't have the patience for it, and I feel like just literally going up and down, up and down all day long has got to be so just, I'm done.
0: Yeah, I don't have the, I wouldn't have the patience. Yeah.
1: So I always try to be courteous to them, because I feel like that's not a fun job, and I wouldn't like it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, doing so do I. It. They're fine. It's not the random person that selects the elevator buttons for you. They're not fine.
0: Well, they're employed. They've got a job to
1: do. I guess, yeah. Maybe that guy's uh, sole purpose in life was to make your life on an elevator easier.
0: They are service people, and we salute them.
1: Fantastic. Um, Any other things you would like to discuss, Lewis? Um,
0: No, I'm all right. All right. You're all right?
1: No, I think it was good. I I, I particularly liked uh, some of our points that we we brought up about I'm MXGP. I'm glad we stuck
0: with this list because you were trying to change it last minute. You know, you, and... It
1: was very MXGP heavy, man. We got it a couple really weeks of the opener.
0: It really wasn't.
1: It quite was. We had two MXGP topics the on the heels of a fifth round of Supercross. To...
0: The, the travel one was kind of both. You were, yeah. over, you were overcomplicating it massively.
1: Mm, not really.
0: It was really just hard work.
1: I think you need to simmer
0: um The pre production on this needs some work.
1: Glendale this weekend, we're both going. It's currently like pouring rain outside right now, but we get to be in a dome this weekend. So, all is Glendale
0: well. is my favorite race of the year, bar none.
1: Yeah, I really like Glendale too.
0: I like the vibe of the um shopping, the malting, right? Area. By, yeah. Yep. Uh, I like the vibe. I, the weather's always great. I like the stadium. I like the bigger track. I just like Glendale, makes me happy.
1: That to me is sneaky, should be the final. Should be the final round. Topic. I don't
0: know about that, but... Why? Well, I mean, it's better. Who cares? Yeah, Salt Lake City, whatever. Glendale, sure.
1: So the championship comes down to the last race, and you don't want the biggest track with a massive stadium with great stuff nearby?
0: Yeah, sure, we can do that.
1: Okay, what about like, it being an SMX round? Uh, would that work? Why not?
0: Is it big enough? I mean, they went outside the stadium one year.
1: Yeah. Just have them go up that loading ramp.
0: That was really weird for one year they went outside the stadium.
1: Yeah, I think they realized it didn't work.
0: But yeah, just like... Uh, anyway. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so Glendale this weekend. I'm excited to be back in uh, the press box with you guys and hear all the banter you guys have to talk about.
0: We kind of just sat in silence in Detroit.
1: Yeah, no uh, court being held.
0: Just sat in silence.
1: All right. Well, that's episode five of LVK More Than Moto. Uh, Kellen Brower, Lewis Phillips here. Shout out to EVS Sports, Nomura, and Race Tech for backing the show. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this one. We will be back after the Glendale Supercross to discuss what happened in the desert and uh, I guess kind of hype up the off weekend after that because we have a break coming up after Glendale. Going to be interesting to see who carries that momentum into the break. Thanks, Lewis, for joining me. We'll see you guys next week.